turn to the blessed book in the Bible. Blessed are they that read these words of this book, the book of Revelation. Chapter number 20. Chapter number 20. I know that I am with the seasoned church, with a seasoned pastor, and I don't take that for granted, and I'm appreciative of that. But I've got to recognize tonight, just leaving Tennessee, 500 students in a Bible college right now that I teach, I'm astounded at what walks in our church today that doesn't know anything. Listen, they don't know job from palms in the Bible. They don't know nothing. And they're in this tent tonight that does not have the heritage that you have. They don't have the heritage that I have. They could have been raised in a place where they've never known anything. And the, there's two sides of that coin. It's, it's a detriment that they have it. The other detriment is that we know it, but we forgot it. Because we're so used to it. It becomes deaf to our ears. It becomes mundane to our ears. And it becomes just a, a, a way of life. We go to church, we go home. We go to church, we go home. But I believe with all my being, listen, my church is at Charlotte, North Carolina. I am right on the state line. You can throw a rock from my church and hit North Carolina. We're on the South Carolina side in a community called Indian Land. We are the fastest growing community in the state of South Carolina, 13th fastest in the nation, and it is exploding. I'm a town without a city, a mayor, or nothing. We are a community. And we have 30,000 people in our community. And they're just jumping the Charlotte line, coming right in there to us. And I'm seeing a melting pot that's coming in, unlike any time I've ever been a pastor in these 17 years, of people who have become lethargic. And we are truly now the church of Laodicea. Luke warm. Luke warm. I want you to take your Bibles, stand with us tonight, stretch your legs in honor of God's Word. It's our custom at home. And uh, I had a guy told me here a while back, he said, why do y'all stand and read the Bible? I said, well, you know, when you go to, when you go to, uh, when the Bible says he's the judge, the great judge, and he's coming to judge. But when you go to court, and the bailiff walks in, because the judge is fixed to walk in, what, what do they say? I want you to look at all these people that went to jail. Man, I'm in the right church tonight. They done been to court, you know. I'm in the right place. All rise. He said, I'll send my, ascend my word above my own name. Chapter number 20, verse number 7. And when a thousand years had expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out and deceive nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. And they went up on a breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city. And the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was what? Cast into the lake of fire that and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever 
and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth fled away. And there was, no, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which, according, uh, those things which were written in the books, and according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell were delivered up, and the dead that were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. I want you to know this, that hell is temporary. It will be wrapped up, swallowed up, and thrown into another level called the lake of fire. Watch what he says. And whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And here's my text verse. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write for these things, these words are true and faithful. I want to talk to you on this subject tonight for just a moment. The last tear. The last tear. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you for this time together. And God, we realize the urgency of the hour. But Lord, I pray tonight for a fresh anointing in this place. I pray for this church. God, would you set it on fire for the cause of Christ. Anoint our pastor friend right here from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Give him wisdom beyond his years. God, touch every leader in his church. May this place come together as a unified body to understand we have but moments left, not even hours now, but moments left, and we're going to be standing in this hour for that one tonight to come discouraged, downhearted. And God, I pray today that you would encourage them, undergird them, bless the reading of thy word tonight and all that is said. May you hide us behind the cross in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. For the sake of those that may not understand the timing of where we are, Pastor, if I could borrow you, Zach, Jason, uh, and Jeremy, uh, if I could borrow y'all for just a moment. And uh, just want you to stand and represent something. So, uh, Jason, if you'll stand here, it'd be great. And uh, Zach, if you'll come here. Preacher, if you'll come here. And Jeremy, if you'll come over here. And Preacher, right there. Just get right on the edge. And Preacher, if you'll get in front of that speaker right there. Just stand. Yeah. Keith? Yes. You the preacher, ain't you? Yes, I am. Okay. You look like my brother from another mother. I like it. I like it. 
Now look, if I'm going to preach for you, there's only one condition. You will need to buy you a personality before you get out of here. You're going to get your feelings hurt. I have more fun in my sleep than most people alive. Why? Because if you knew where he found me, you'd know why I act like I do. There's a time I was miserable, wretched, hated the day, tried to drink it up, smoke it up, live it up, and then I found out he was up and he came down. And he picked me up and put my feet on the solid rock. I'm no longer the same. I'm no longer an orphan. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all look like a wanted poster, but it'll work. I'm blessed to, uh, to, to be able to tell people about Jesus almost every day. And now, in my college this particular year, I'm teaching creation in Genesis on Tuesday night. And I'm teaching eschatology and revelation on Thursday night. The two books run parallel together. The first two chapters will mirror the last two chapters of the Bible. They run exactly the same. As it started, it's going to finish. There was a perfect world with a perfect God and no sin and no Satan. And in the end, there's going to be a perfect world with a perfect God, with no sin and no Satan. In the beginning, he walked with his children in the garden. In the end, he's going to walk with his children in the garden. In the beginning, there was no violence. The lamb laid down with the lion. And at the end, the lamb's going to lay down with the lion. Just like it started, that's what he's going to do. And in that book, when you read it, it scares the daylights out of people. It scared me to death when I started reading about beastesses. And, and stuff flying up out of hell. And stuff surrounding. And them horse people. The only thing that I knew about the four horsemen was Ric Flair. Whoa! Man, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Huh? Get a folding chair and knock somebody out. In the name of Jesus. Brother Ralph got to preaching on that stuff one time. I said, you mean there's four different ones? Man, I didn't know. I didn't know nothing when I met this man. Been in church my whole life. You know, we assumed the church I grew up in, the society I grew up in, you'd get saved, and they said, you know what, they'll figure it out. No, they won't. No, they won't. Church, listen to me. We're going to have to be intentional in this hour. We've got to be intentional not only to reach them, but to teach them. And when I met that man, he scared the daylights out of me. I was saved, but I didn't know what all that stuff meant. Brother Ralph got talking about a white horse, a red horse, a pale horse, and a green horse. I went home and looked at my horse and thought he was the Antichrist. I mean, I had horses at the house. I went home and looked at them and said, you're the Antichrist. I didn't know what the thing was. So, so I learned through the years, and I'm teaching right now, and it always just strikes me. It, it, it nudges. No wonder it's the only book in the Bible. The only book. Not even the book of John. Who shows his deity that he's God. It's the only book that says blessed are they. That read this book. And hear the words of this book. If you were to take that book and divide it. Jason's going to be the churches. There's seven of them. There's two that gets accommodation. That the rest of them don't get. What is the commendation? They never got a criticism. Smyrna and Philadelphia. There's generally an outline theme. There's a, there's a commendation, there's a correction, and there's a challenge. There's two that got no commendation. 
Ours was one of them. We believe we are the church of Laodicea, the last church age. How many of y'all believe Jesus is coming? And how many of y'all believe He can come right now tonight? Now, I'm all for that. You know why? Because if He don't, I've got to deal with them Baptist people tomorrow. But if He comes, Jesus has got to deal with them Baptist people. Somebody say amen. But He could come tonight. Man, they stuff happening. I'm sure my pastor could get in that way more than I could. But right now in China, they're rewriting the Bible for the last 10 years. So they can indoctrinate their people. One of my best friends is a second generation Christian businessman out of China. We were scheduled to go preach in the underground churches two years ago. And the government kept rising up against the churches. And he said, it's too dangerous, we can't go. But right now they're rewriting the Bible. Watch this. Can I borrow you, sir? What's your name? And Jacob, how old are you? Fourteen. And in their new Bible they wrote, the woman that with the issue, I mean, sorry, the woman caught in adultery. Jesus sent them away, and then he picked up a stone and he killed her. So that if I can't change the growing population of the Christian faith, then I'll reindoctrinate them. And I'll take the sword out of their hand and I'll rewrite it. So that, what's your name again, son? Jason. So that Jason. Jacob can never know the truth of the gospel. There's all kinds of stuff. And when I hear that, thank you, buddy. When I hear that, it just strikes me. Ten years they've been rewriting the Bible to give to this whole new crowd that's coming in. So we know that Jason is about to leave here. Now, I'm a pre-tribulation guy. Am I in the right church? I'm, I'm, I mean, some of y'all might go through it, but I ain't. <laughs> when I first came to the mountains from Charlotte, they walked up to me, friendliest people I've ever met in my life. Yuns want to come to the house. I said, what'd you say? Yuns. Yuns want to go out to eat. Yuns? What is a yun? And, and, and somebody come up and had to translate them. They mean y'all, y'all. Oh, yeah, we got that, y'all, yuns. Some of yuns might be here, but I'm going to be like a Georgia Bulldog fan, doggone, when Jesus comes. Bam! Out of here. That's going to be Jason. So if Jason is the church of Laodicea, what's happening is he's not in a line of churches. So this, you know, the first church, Ephesus, all the way down. Jason is literally on the line of of the next event. And the next event, you got to go down. Around. Is this guy. He's tall. He's up. Move in. Jason used to be in the 40s, way down yonder in that parking lot. This is how far he was before God started strategically setting some things in motion. If Jason is the church and the tall guy's looking up as the rapture, here's how close he is. Matter of fact, he's a little closer than that. (laughs) 
Matter of fact, he's a little closer than that. <laughs> don't, don't move, Jason. If you move, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. That, hey, that's how close we are to God loving His wife again. And man, the church has been through some stuff. They're going through more today. I'm trying to build a new church right now, a new school. and Man, I've never fought so many zones and stuff. What are you doing? Put your head back up here. Hold him. Hold him. Didn't y'all tell God y'all want to be used of the Lord? Well, here you go. Hold him. Pat him on the head. Y'all tweet that one tomorrow. Hold him. And any minute, now, this is in your Bible. Are we in the church or not? Are we not the bride of Christ or not? Maybe I should have used his wife. I don't know. Jason was close. But any minute, we are going home. And I believe that Bible. I'm just foolish enough to believe it. So if this is a change of events, watch what's going to happen. Bam! All right, you let him go. Go sit with your wife. Oh, thank you. <laughs> he said, thank you. <laughs> Go sit down. Your work's done. You don't want to call me to preach. I might not get to come back, but I got you tonight. <laughs> don't move. Get right here. Now, what's going to happen is, according to the Bible, according to the seven days of Daniel, seven weeks of Daniel, she disappears. The bride is gone. She's hid away. Once she's hid away, trouble comes. How many of y'all agree this looks like trouble? I knew you were going to say something. Trouble. Seven years of trouble. Seven years of stuff that we can't even think about. And the problem we're going to have here is that the church is going to be in part of this. When I say the church, I'm talking about the false church. There's another church that's a look-alike. And that church is going to go through this tribulation. Many of the people in our Baptist churches are going to be in this thing. There's going to be people that when we leave here, we have the first judgment after that called the Bema Seat Judgment. There's five crowns that's given unto the believer. And those five crowns will be given for the works and the deeds that we did on this earth for the cause of Christ. If you are saved, you're going to go through that judgment. If you are not saved, you're going to go through trouble. And trouble for seven years, unbelievable. That's when them four horsemen's coming in. Seven bowls, seven bowls. And it increases. The Antichrist is going to make a pact. He's going to sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. He'll break it three and a half in. He'll walk into the Jewish temple, the new temple, sit on the throne and declare he is God. And the Bible calls that the abomination of desolation. 
This is not a fairy tale. This is where, this is where I run into people all the time. They'll hear that. They'll hear this statement. And here's what they'll think. Oh, that's going to happen some other time. That's going to happen to somebody else. No. That could happen before we get out of this building tonight. This tent, this tabernacle, before we get out of here tonight. Trouble's coming. Trouble will continue. And what's going to happen is, I read the text. I'm trying to lay this so you'll know where we are in the time. Now I just read. At the end of that seven-year period, you can go sit down. Trouble is over. The Bible says that the bride... Come on, Jason. Step up. We'll return. Pause. And here's where I want to pick it up at. Here is the believing church who left. Over here will be someone else. Zach, since you were in trouble, I want to... I'll tell you what, let me do bring you back. Yeah, come on. If you're taking notes tonight, the first tier that I believe that we are going to see is the tier of regret. What you just heard me read in Scripture is many times misquoted. I've had, I have people come up to me all the time, but pastor, I thought that there was going to be no tears in heaven and no pain. I said, there is. But listen to what he said. In the timeline of God, we are going to leave this building. We're going to be in the balcony of heaven. We will be rewarded or not rewarded for the deeds that we are done. We are saved. But now we're there. And the Bible says that death and hell and the grave and the sea is going to give them up. I had a lady here a while back looked at me. She said, what happens when we die? I said, Paul said, rather to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. For the believer, we are immediately with God. Your flesh is not saved, and it's really nothing more than a tabernacle. Picture your body as a suitcase, because that's not the real you. The Bible says in Genesis, when He created man, He breathed into His nostrils, and man became a living soul. The soul is the real you. The body's nothing but a suitcase that carries it around. That's why it's corruptible. I said, so immediately, Paul said, I'm going to be absent from the body, I'll be present with the Lord. I said, the problem of it is not everybody's going to be with the Lord, but they're going somewhere. As a matter of fact, you're never going to die. You're never going to die. I've never been to a funeral. They are as more alive in that coffin than they ever were because that soul never died. Now, from the time it was born, it's never going to die. It's going to live for eternity in one of two places. It's never going to die. The rich man died, watch this, and immediately in hell he lifted up his eyes. He never died. Paul said to be absent from the body, he never died. And so for some reason we think when we go to a funeral that these people died. No, the soul never dies. So in that first portion where, boom, we're taken up, we're still there. We're still there. And now God gathers His bride around to watch part two. The second judgment. And it's called the great white throne judgment. And the Bible says that those whose names were not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. 
Now look at the timing. God has not yet stopped tears in heaven. He will. But this is a moment to where you and I are going to stand before God and we're going to see the people that we love. As their names are called. Their names are called. How do we know that? He said, if their name were not found written, roll call. Now, this judgment has nothing to do with us as believers if we are saved. If you are in here tonight, you can be 99% sure and 100% wrong. These things that I've written that you may know that you have eternal life. And so therefore, if you are not saved, you are in this particular judgment. They're going to call names. And if Zach tonight was one of those people, step up, Zach. I want to ask you a question right now. How many of you know someone that according to their life or their testimony is dear to you and they don't know the Lord? You know somebody like that? Just raise your hand real high. Now, I want you to hold it there for a minute. I want you to look around the room. If the Lord comes tonight according to His promise, that person that comes to your mind is right here. Jeremy, step up if you would here. And however God does this. This is the scariest part of Scripture. Jesus relates to this when He says that many shall come in that day. What day? This day. Saying, Lord, Lord, have we not done all these things in Thy name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not healed the sick? Have we not done all this stuff? You know who He's talking to? Church people. They did it in the name of Jesus. And the most horrific words ever spoken will be, Depart from me, you doers of iniquity. Watch this. I never knew you. And Jeremy will look in this book, if he's the messenger of God, or however God decides to do this. And here stands Zach. And Zach begins to say, I was a preacher. I was a teacher. I was a Sunday school teacher. Look what I, you know, you know they, will, they will look at, they will have the audacity to look at God and say, have we not done all these things in your name? Look at the conversation. I'm sitting there going, the angels of heaven when John is called up, do this. Holy. They look up and see the Son. Holy. They look up and see the Father. Holy. Thrice holy. Can't even look at Him. Bowing on their faces. The 24 elders continuously. Holy. 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 But these people will look at Him and say, Have we not done all these things in Your name? Did we work at the church? Did we sing in the choir? Did we do that? I was a preacher. You say, is that going to happen? It will scare you. It, and let me say this too. This is not to scare you. I don't care how much you preach this. To me, it is settled. Not by my works. But by His blood, I have been saved. 
We say this tonight to prepare you. It is in the book. There is preachers in this generation today that have made reference to this book. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to preach about it. Why would you not want to preach about the most blessed book that's been written? He said it. I didn't. Have we not done all this? In 2016, Pastor, the Bible says that Damascus would be destroyed in a day. And Damascus was bombed. Blew away in one day. I was preaching on that subject. I don't know what happened. All I know is, uh, people started coming to the altar. And here comes my singles director. Here comes my secretary. And before it was over, I had about three or four key leaders that got born again. And I was like in a shell shock. And I went, what? what? And, and about that time, here comes one, a young lady that I about helped raise. Natasha sings in our, our choir. She's traveled with me all over the country. And, and here comes Natasha. And she's down here praying. My wife's down here praying. And Natasha looks at me and says, she's crying her eyes out. Come here. Come here. And I said, Lord, there ain't no way. I mean, I've I, I watched her grow. I mean, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just arguing with God coming off the platform. I have no idea what has happened in this service. And I get down there and I said, Tasha, you all right? And she goes. And I look over there. And there's my wife. And she starts to all but scream in the church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She said, Ricky, I'm lost. She said, I prayed church. She said, you have preached. And I've held a chair shaking. She said, what will they think? What will they think? She said, I'm so sorry. She said, but God told me today when you was preaching, this is my last chance. There'll be another chance, Robin. I looked at her. I grabbed her by her face. I said, listen to me. I don't care who's in this room. I don't care what's going on. All that matters right now is that heaven has come down. I said, I don't care if we've got to sit here all day, stay here all night. It don't matter, baby. We will stay right here. And we did for one hour. On our faces, crying out to God. And she began to say, oh Jesus, I'm lost. Can you save a religious preacher's wife? I'm lost. She said, please God, forgive me. And I mean, she's screaming with everything she's got. I'm sitting there just crying. My head's in the carpet. I can't even pick my head up. I can't even pick my head up. And God let me look across eternity. He said, if she would have died, Rick... Let me tell you something. She's way more saved lost than I am. I love my wife. Boy, she's a she's wonderful, ain't she? She just got this meek and quiet spirit about her. Just, just loves people. She she gotta hug everybody. I don't even like people. I mean, she she just got everything it takes. And I said, she's lost. I'm looking up myself. God said, it's not by works of righteousness. It's not by religious formalities. And he, like a, like a bomb went off my soul. He said, that's the people that's going to stand right there and say, have we not done all this? How in the world can I go to hell today? My name's got to be in the book. Have we not done all this? And about that time, 
God's going to finish that. Lost people are going to be standing there. Here's the part that... This is the part that started hitting me. You see, the second tear is from this guy. Tip right here. The tear of regret says, I wished I hadn't accepted Christ when, I won't, when God was calling me. No, I, I believe the Bible. Am I in the right place? I believe the Bible. The Bible says, in fact, the Spirit of God draws a man. He cannot be saved. You're not going to wake up one day and say, I think I'll call the preacher. I think I'll get things right. It's the, except the Spirit of God draw a man. He cannot be saved. Here's the hard part. Jason. Jason saved. Served in the church. He's in the Bema Seat Judgment. He's gotten rewards, or maybe not, but he's in the church. And this is Jason's father. Jason's mother. Jason's best friend. Jason's co-worker. Them hands that y'all raised. That's y'all. And this is them. This is what got me. God said, it's now too late. This is the tear of remorse. I wished I could have done more. You know what I'm saying. You say, is that going to happen? When I grew up in my community, in, it's called Indian land. I don't know that we have any Indians, but we've got a bunch of them that act like them. Indian land, home of the Catawba Indians, right over across the Charlotte line. And we grew up in a small school, and it wasn't all the metropolitan thing it is now. And had a lot of buddies growing up, and one of them's not a name was Buck. He and I played a little ball together. He moved out from Oregon. He was a professional motocross rider. Even in the freshman year, he was almost professional. And uh, me and Buck was great friends through high school, and you kind of lose touch after high school because Buck went off, became an airborne ranger. And I hadn't saw him in years, and he's jumping out of planes, serving in the, in the military, and man, my whole life had been changed. I'm talking about from, 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 from a hellion to a heaven one. And I was on a mission with God, and one day I forgot where I was going, but I stopped in the gas station, and I was getting some gas, Pastor, and I heard somebody say, Cope! And I thought, man, I ain't heard that since high school. And I turned around, and there's Buck. I said, oh my goodness, look at this rascal here. Here he is, all sharp and strapping looking, clean cut, military boy. I said, Buck, what are you doing home? He said, man, I'm out. Time's done. He said, I don't put enough time. I said, did you really jump out of a plane? Yeah. I said, was anything wrong with it? He said, no. I said, there's something wrong with you, ain't it? He said, man, you still ain't got no sense. I said, how are you doing, buddy? He said, man, I'm doing great. He said, I'm staying with mom right now. I'm fixing to buy a house. I'm still looking around. I just got in town. And he said, man, I'd love for you to come by the house. I said, you still, your mom's still in the same place? He said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm coming. My right hand to the Lord. Tell him. You know, when you're a child of God, you've got somebody that speaks to you. And I knew it was God. Tell him what happened to you, Rick. 
I said, God, God, I'm going to. But, Buck, how long you going to be? Oh, I'm home. I'm done. I said, I'm, I'm going to be out of town next week. I'm heading somewhere. But I want to come by next week at the end of the week. He said, come on, come on. He said, we'll go grab something to eat. He said, I'd love to see how it's going. I said, you ain't going to believe what's happened to me. And God said, tell him. Tell him. Tell him you found Jesus, son. Now. And I said, God, I'm, gonna, I'm going to his house. and giving me more time to spend with him. He said, tell him. Hugged his neck, got in his car, gone. It is three days. My phone rings. Rick, hey, look, man, you, you might not remember this, but do you know a guy by the name of... You remember that guy we used to go to school with, Buck? Yeah, why? They said, man, he's out of the military. Said, he, he moved back home. You know, he used to race motorcycles. I said, right? He said, uh... He went and got him a motorcycle. He told me that day he was on his way to get him a brand new motorcycle, a dirt bike to race. He said, I think I'm going to try to race a little bit. He said, I got a little track at Mama's house. He said, he got that motorcycle, and the day that he got it, he said he got killed in his mama's backyard when the motorcycle threw him off and Buck hit a tree head on. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if through life God gave him any other opportunity. I don't know that he ever had another person talk to him about his salvation. But when I walked in that church and I saw his military honors and I watched him fold a flag, God said, you were the key. You were the key. Jeannie, would you come help me out? You were, you were the key. And Rick, you had an opportunity to tell him. I couldn't even, Keith couldn't even hold my head up in the circle. You know, I, I didn't do anything bad. You know what I was? Busy. I was just busy. And you know what this Satan, satanic world does to us now? Jason, Jeremy, it keeps us busy. You know, we, we, we got all this to get done in the church. We got all this stuff and we're doing everything right. But we know Jesus is coming. And here's what's going to happen. In this moment, we're standing in heaven. And here's your mom. Here's your dad. Here's your son, your daughter, your best friend. He say, Jason is, I mean, Jeremy is his name in the, in the book. And he'll answer, no. The Bible says that when their name was not found. And they'll take him away. Apparently this is going to be taken care of for a long time. The tear of regret... I wished I had a the tear of remorse. I wished I could have done more. I should have done more. But when it's all said and done, we get to chapter 21. Now, here comes Jesus. And the Bible says that after all these things, you can go sit down, whichever way.
The Bible says it's not going to be Moses or the Apostle Paul. It's not going to be Timothy, Joshua, but God Himself is going to step up from His throne and He's going to take a handkerchief of grace. He's going to walk up to His bride. And the Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. My little mama She's 78. Boy, she ain't got no sense. She drove her car through my church. I'm the only person in America that won a Ford Mercury to Jesus. I lied. She just, my mama's a mess. Boy, I love her. She was the first to tell me about Jesus. Boy, when I was wild in this world, I heard my mama praying. And I have the honor of having her in my home. She's now in the basement dweller ministry. That's what I told her before I left. She said, I'm going to be praying for you while you go preach, boy. Guys, well, you stay in here and don't go get in the car while I'm gone. <laughs> she's about to cross over. She, her health is good, but I can tell she's aging. And the thing is, I don't want to let her go. She's got a good mind. She can get around. She failed last week. My wife's there with her tonight. I got two brothers. We look after her mom and... Mama flooded my whole house last week. I forgot I put the plug in the kitchen sink sign. Got a little water on the floor. No, Mama, it flooded my house and the neighbors. I was downstairs with her a few weeks ago, and she looked at me, and she said, this, this ain't even in my sermon. She said, God's blessed you, son. She said, I'm so proud of you. She said, God's let you lead people to the Lord. Here's what she said. She said, I don't feel like I've done nothing for Jesus. She said, I'm not a singer. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I don't think I've done nothing for Jesus. She's crying. And I said, Mama, I'm the reason you're here. I, I, I'm the reason. You're the reason I'm here. She said, I know. You've been mean ever since she was born. And I think it was because she was born on Halloween. I said, no, Mama. You're the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. You see, my mama went through a divorce. She married my stepdad. and She's going through about another divorce. 
and down there around Charlotte, we had a little show that used to come on when I was a child called the Jim and Tammy Show. Way before the corruption of PTL, way before all of that, it was a children's network that was black and white that was shown on a TV that had two antennas that come up. And you, kids, you'd have to put aluminum foil on them. And you got to move them to catch the signal. And, and we had a remote control. It was me. And in my hand, I had a pair of pliers called vice grips. Because the knob fell off the TV. Am I in the right house? And I'd have to go up there and Daddy'd say, change that channel. We didn't have a three channel. We was tuning in to Mars. Mama was watching that little old black and white TV. Her whole life was a wreck. And the guy got on the phone. She called the PTL little show. And the lady got on there and prayed with my mama. I asked her last week. I said, tell me about that mama. She said, the lady got on the phone. She said, will you hold just one minute? She said, I want to put you through to one of our counselors. The man prayed with my mama. Led her to Jesus. And said, I want you to go find you a good Bible-believing church to get into. Never ask for a dime. And said, welcome to the family of God, Miss Linda. My mama went down the road to a little white country church. Took me and my brothers in there. And what my mama didn't know was she would be the instrument that would lead over 200 of her family members to God. Every single member of my family. My father, her ex-husband, came to Christ because of my mother's faithfulness. I'm talking about a God thing. And the devil had come to her and said, you've done nothing. It caused her to forget. In this moment, when we stand with God, He's going to walk up with a handkerchief <laughs> and He's going to say, I want to thank you for not quitting, Jason. I want to thank you for not... We call this the tear of rejoicing. Keith, I know it's been long and hard. I know the roads have been... But I want to say thank you. You didn't quit, son. You didn't throw in the towel. Church, you held on when there wasn't no sense of holding on. And God, it's going to take a while. Maybe that's why they call it eternity. And around the throne of grace, we're going to hear the saints of God as she's reunited with her husband. All sin has been abolished and God's going to say, thank you. As He wipes the tears from their eyes and there'll be no more pain. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more Parkinson's. There'll be no more disease. And my question to you tonight is this. Which one of those tears will you have tonight? The tear of regret. I wished I had a called on Jesus. I should have made it right. The tear of remorse. I should have done more. Or a tear rejoicing that says, I'm glad that I did. When I did, I'm glad that I did. With heads bowed, eyes closed all over this tent tonight. I want to be sensitive to the Lord. Let me just ask you this. If the Lord would have come back five minutes ago, maybe you're here somewhere in this tent. You say, Preacher, I'm like your wife. I had a church, but the church wasn't in me. 
And if Jesus were to come tonight, I don't know where I'd, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. Not 100% sure, but would you just pray for me? I'm not coming to you. I just want to pray for you. If that's you tonight, just slip up that hand and put it right back down. Preacher, would you pray for me? Here's one. Is there another? Preacher, is, would you, here's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is there another preacher? I don't know. I just don't know. But would you pray for me? God, is there enough? Just slip up that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. Here's nine. Here's ten. Preacher, would you pray? I want to ask you a question. You're saved tonight? Preacher, I got a mama. If she passes away right now, I don't know where my mom would spend eternity, but would you pray for my mom tonight? Just slip up that hand anywhere in the building. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Children ought not have to pray for their parents. Preacher, I got a dad tonight. If my dad passed away, I don't know if the Lord were to come. If the Lord come, I don't know where my dad's going to spend eternity. Would you just lift my dad in that prayer? God bless you. You're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I've got a brother tonight. My sibling, my brother. He died tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. You're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I got a sister tonight that's dear to my heart. And she passes tonight. The Lord comes. I don't know my sister's going to heaven. I don't want my family circle unbroken. God bless you tonight. You're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I've got a... Glory. Preacher, I've got a son. I've got a son. Would you pray for my boy tonight? Boy, God sees them tears, church. Preacher, I've got a daughter tonight. Would you pray for my girl? Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to reverse the order tonight. As we stand all over this tent, you say, Preacher, I'm here tonight, but I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I wouldn't worry about who's around me. We're going to pray for you tonight. I wonder if you would come. Just step out of where you are. You're here tonight, and you say, Preacher, I don't know. You know what? I've been there. My wife's been there. Come on. There's people going to pray for you tonight. You say, Preacher, tonight I've got a son, I've got a daughter, I've got a loved one. I don't want to go to heaven alone. Then step out and be the intercessor tonight for your family. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I believe prayer moves the heart of God. I believe that shape. God bless you, son. Hallelujah. Jeremy.